Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Goins from the Reimagined Schools podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Today, I'm talking with Gisela Bingford about her children's book series, Wolfie's Adventure. Our conversation centers on the first two books, although there's a third one now. Uh, the first one is An Unlikely Friendship, and the second one is Away From Home. Her characters, tales, and lessons are amazing. You're going to love these tales, and you will love following Wolfie's Adventure. Such a cool topic, such a cool conversation. And by the way, before you go, it would be so cool if you would uh, share the podcast with a friend, a colleague, a family member. That's right. You find that person and say, hey, have you ever listened to Teaching Learning Leading K-12 of the podcast? Well, you ought to. And uh, here's the link. That would be so awesome if you would do that. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. The intro and outro were created and performed by Brian K. Buffington. You can find more about Brian at briankbuffington.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for his newsletter. Thanks, Brian. Cool, huh? It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Stimuletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Stimuletto. Gisela Bingford frequently tells stories to her kids and grandkids about animals, empathy, making decisions, and unlimited possibilities. Cameron, one of her grandkids, inspired her to write down some of these family stories and true events from her past to the present. Her children's book series covers topics of trust, friendship, fortitude, overcoming challenges, resilience, and love. The stories show that it takes courage to live life fully, that we can't always win, but to not try guarantees a loss, that every failure makes us grow bigger, and that nothing is static for long. Gisela loves the outdoors and all animals. You can find her on many Bay Area trails, sharing her laughter with family and friends. She was born in Switzerland, where she met the love of her life, Joe Bengfort, in 1997. Six months later, they got married in the U.S., and she moved with her two kids, Patrick and Selena, from Switzerland to the U.S. They became a patchwork family, as Joe also had two kids, Lindsay and Joseph. Prior to writing children's books full-time and raising a family, she was a successful businesswoman. She served as the executive director of San Jose State University for the College Alumni of Business. She also created her own salad dressing, Gigi's Gourmet Salad Dressing, developed in a food laboratory and distributed to Texas retailers. In Switzerland, she was a sales representative for Christian Dior, worked for Accenture Anderson Consulting, and was a sales representative for an international pharmaceutical company, Burton Dickinson. She resides in Mill Valley, California, and continues to share stories with her six grandchildren. Today, we'll be focused on Gisela's books, Wolfie's Adventure and Unlikely Friendship, and Wolfie's Adventure Away from Home. Gisela, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone. Thanks so much for having me. A big shout out from the Bay Area to every corner of this world. Well, I'm glad that you're here, and this is cool. And a shout out back to you. This is this is awesome. We're, you know, it's really cool about the technology. I mean, I, you're on the other side of this this country <laughs> from us, so uh, uh, so that's cool that we're talking and doing uh, having that conversation. Uh, I got to say this before we go any further. Um, I think when I read your bio, I missed I missed this originally when I noticed it. You created your own salad dressing. That's yes, cool. I did. I did. That was. Uh, 
I had this salad dressing and everybody loved it. And, you know, I had parents calling me and said, uh, wait a moment, my kid just came home and said she ate the salad or he ate the salad and loved it. Where do you buy it? And I said, well, it's from scratch. And and I said, oh, my God. And so I, uh, I thought, why not? I could try this, right? And so I went to a laboratory and for nine months we were trying that salad dressing from scratch to get a life, uh, a shell life which is a journey by itself because all your ingredients, they decide to change after a week or two and got more powerful and the other one faded. So from the beginning, you had to change different that it was still after three, four months the same. So yeah, it was a journey. (laughs) That's awesome. That is very awesome. And it's funny because, you know, you write children's books that are about adventure and so forth. That in itself must have been an incredible adventure. So good stuff. uh, So thanks for talking about that. Sorry. I, I, I was like, boy, did I miss that? I, so thank you for talking about that. That's cool. Uh, uh, So let's, let's shift gears here. Gisela. Uh, Why did you start writing children's books? Well, it was pretty much during the pandemic. Uh, Our granddaughter who lives one and a half hour away from here and was here weekly uh, was totally devastated. And she said uh, on the phone, Nana, why don't you write down the stories? And I thought, you're right. You know, it's not my mother language and all that. So, but I thought, why don't I do it as a family heirloom? And I started writing and I we, we chatted on the balcony with the neighbor and she worked by uh, Pixar and uh, quit her job and started uh, the job to teach kids animation. And she hired this illustrator, Julia McIsaac. And uh, she told me, why, why don't you ask her if she you know, throw some illustrations into your family heirloom. And uh, I made it a chapter book and I put the question, I put a lot of questions in it because when I hike and uh, when I'm on an adventure with my granddaughter, we always see things and then we question, wonder why is this? Or does this ever happen to you? Or what would you do? And and we have the, the biggest discussions. And many times we Google facts to, to understand how, why, and all that. And uh, suddenly this, this heirloom uh, looked like a book. And my husband said, you should really try to, to look if a publisher will pick it up. And, you know, I had people telling me, oh, there's so many authors and nobody got published and they want to kind of discourage you. So to everybody out there who wants to write, don't have that hold you back. Uh, so I went into the kids' room and I took randomly three kids' books and I I wrote those publishers and then uh, we had a phone call what is the book about and uh, they were interested enough and they thought all three of them the questions was kind of like wow uh, that's interesting and uh, so I sent the manuscripts um, and in one week all three said we love it (laughs) and I was like wow is this so easy and they said (laughs) 
No, it's not. You, you just have a really interesting, uh, interesting concept and book. And um, yeah, so that's how it started. And then I fell in love with my two main characters. And after finishing the first one, I just thought ah, it has to be something. They're continuing story. So that's where we are. <laughs> That's very cool. That's that, that's so awesome because that, uh, like you said, it's like I just you know here here's the idea, here's like the manuscript, and all three of them said yes. You know, <laughs> like yeah, so. I was like, <laughs> really, you you really think you know? And I doubt myself all the time, and, and every day again, I thought you know, and then and then another crazy thing happened that I got the award, the Pinnacle Award for the first book uh, uh, for best juvenile fiction. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really? I always doubt, uh, you know, I think, oh, you could have done this better or you could have said this better. You know, constantly, I think uh, we're all a little bit that way, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're a little rough on yourself because, uh, <laughs> it, you know, to go from an idea to uh, an encouragement from a group. A grandchild and then uh, uh and then uh, to do to put it together and then to have the the companies say oh we like what you got to winning awards i mean the, the, it, I mean, that's very nice very nice so uh um yeah you kind of must have been like in like cloud nine for a little bit like wow i was is- i was really like uh, i was actually for the sad event in switzerland when i got the notification that i won i i was there to put my dad to rest during the pandemic and uh, you know it's a life circle right and i was telling him about the book and he was so excited because i have him his name as an immigrant in it rolf uh, rolfi that's my my dad nice. and uh, Marianne. So I, I, in my books, I have put a lot of life events and people that meant some things to me, that taught me some things, um, that uh, made me to always want to be a better version of myself. And I think if you have people around you, uh, you love you're naturally trying to be a better version of yourself. And uh, I had a wonderful family and uh, siblings growing up. And uh, I wish everybody could be so nurtured and uh, putting wings on your back to fly and believe in yourself and all that. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, well, it comes out in your books, and uh, it's cool to know some of the, 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 the you got like your father in there, and you got other different family um, subjects, I guess, and uh, content in there as well, which is awesome. I, and and so I got to ask you, um, as we as we delve into it just a little bit, I mean, you talked a little bit about it, but uh, you know, I love the characters. I mean, how did you create? I mean, how do you create a character? Do you have a pattern that you follow, or because? You know, in, in a few minutes, I'm going to get to Wolfie, but uh, let's just kind of talk about the, the, the general characters. So I um, I hope I get the chance to talk about the rain dance party because that was something that happened for real and I brought it in. But the main characters, when she said that to me, uh, I should write that down. I thought, well, I need some main characters that can follow all those stories. And then I looked out in my backyard and uh, I saw a rat. 
And uh, yeah, we who doesn't have a rat in the backyard, right? <laughs> right. But, <laughs> my husband loves birds, so he feeds birds, and you know it's a coexisting. I see sometimes a scroll hanging on and throwing food down, and then of course all the others are taking that from the ground, and so does the rat. And then on my night. Uh, uh, camera we had there i saw a bobcat come and snitch it away i saw an owl a fox and during the day there are cats and and there was the red shoulder hog sitting on the oak tree looking down at the rats so i saw i thought i should have this too there should be and you know in in real life we are capable to make friendship with people from different countries, different skin, background, religion, beliefs, and and uh, language. And some became my dearest friends. And I learned so much. And what I really learned the most is that we have so much more in common than what divided us. And uh, so I thought, this is going to be my two main characters. And there we go. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I love it. That's cool. That's, that's neat that you're seeing all this interaction in your yard there. And that's, that's, that's awesome. The, uh, and, and I'm living in a neighborhood. I'm not living out in the country. Oh, even funny. You know? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're having houses all around it. Uh, but you know we're we're taking also more and more space away from wildlife, so they have to adopt, uh, and I think we both have to adopt to each other because I love to have them around. And for those who think a bobcat will carry away their kid, they won't. They are very shy. They are glad when they can snatch up a, a rat, uh, a squirrel uh, in the neighborhood. There are not uh, such a big enemy. It's interesting how, you know, because we have similar issues where we are right now, where I live, where the, um, well, for example, I have two trough out back that I put up there because we have deer that come through. And sure. so I put, I put corn in there and kind of like what you were talking about where the squirrels throw things out. Well, <laughs> the squirrels come in, the raccoons come in and, but sure. the ones you see though are the deer. And, uh, and it's, I'm pretty amazed at how many deer are, are in our area because we're in a subdivision also, but it has a Creek that runs through it and the woods and they, they go through those areas, but you see, t- you know, over and over again, how um, small the world's starting to get for critters. I mean, uh, one of the things in one of our areas, um, not too far from where I live about a year and a half ago, they had, a, they have sightings of bears. Bears will come out of the oh, wow, wilderness yes. and they'll come in and they'll, they'll, they'll get into garbage cans and they'll steal dog food and stuff like this. Well, this one decided I like swimming pools and he went swimming in the swimming pool <laughs> <laughs> and they, they had him trapped in the swimming pool. It was, it was one of those funny film things that uh, was like, wow. But uh, you know, it's uh it's interesting that that's, but that's cool that you created all these characters out of that. So uh, I like that. That's, that's nice. Uh, um, so w- tell me, why do you, why do you include the themes such as empathy and love and courage and caring for the animals in your books? What, I mean, what made you go that direction? 
Well, isn't that all what life is about it? For me, it's all what life is about. It's to try when you encounter someone who's very upset and, you know, throws words at you and is all angry at you and you have no clue what just happened. And I, I think, well, let me just back up a moment and think maybe their shoes are really filled with a lot of things. And uh, we don't know what they're going through life. And sometimes just say, I'm sorry, can I help you? Or a smile goes a long way and doesn't cost us anything than a moment just to hold and think about it. And I had that also, especially during the pandemic. I mean, how privileged we were that my husband's job in healthcare um, was needed to the grid and there was no void and no, uh, you know, uh, let go of the job and uh, there were paychecks coming. But I knew not far from where I lived, people had lost their income, their job, didn't know how to feed the kids and put food on the table. Uh, uh, not to mention if someone got ill. So I was like, wow, um, this is really life. We're, we're all in this together. We're at the end. It doesn't matter where, what going on. We're one world. We have no planet B. We have this planet and we all need to put some love in it that we can exist. And that goes to wildlife too. You know, on hot days, I always put water out. Uh, they struggle. Uh, and and it goes, I think, I, I, I believe in kindness. And what goes around comes around. And uh, that's why I thought we need some funny characters. And they struggle. And they have to learn. And... Uh, make decisions if they wanted to be best friends or if this is going to be the end of it. And I think we come at crossroads uh, and some of those crossroads are as little as what am I going to cook tonight? <laughs> or, uh, what am I going to buy? Or, wow, I just met this person. Can I trust to give them my information? And maybe this could be my best friend down the road. Uh, and moving and um, take the trust into a new job uh, to, uh, can I do this? Uh, will I fit the shoes of my predecessor? And all those kind of things, but we take risks. And, you know, sometimes we win big and sometimes we fall on our nose and we have to get back up and try again. And uh, yeah, this is what, the book is about, this is what I wanted to give to my granddaughter to understand. Um, don't give up, take chances and uh, live life, you know, and care about others. It will come back to you. And uh, those kind of family values and all that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I mean, it's just so cool. And it comes out in your book. I mean, with the, the writing, the questions, the characters and the things that they're doing, like one thing that I have in mind right now is Wolfie um, helping the, uh, um, I think uh, she calls them dark shadow or the, 
Yeah. Yes, and, they have Latin for their enemies. Yes. Like uh, snakes or the sneaky ones. And uh, everything flying is the dark shadow because they produce a shadow when they come and land, you know. And uh, everything bigger than them is our furry monsters. And we are the smelly. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's, that one made me laugh at first, even before I knew what it was referencing. I was like, that's, that's great. Yes. Uh, the, you know, and what's, what's cool is that, you know, and it, I'm going to ask you here in just a second, but I mean, it's, you, you have them put themselves in situations where should I, or should I not? And like the one with the, the dark shadow, which is uh, a hawk yes. and, and, uh, you know, mouse helping a hawk or, um, uh, a rat helping a hawk is not exactly, uh, you know, probably there's a little risk in that. <laughs> I would think you know? it is. It is, but you know, in in real life, you see actually animals binding friendships, which they would normally eat each other, like a cheetah and an antelope uh, became friend, and she licks the cheetah licks the antelope not because she's gonna eat it out of love (laughs) so you never know and for example in my third book uh, a badger and coyotes have been seen many times uh, uh, hunting together become friends and uh, David Attenborough has actually a video Uh, after I wrote this I saw that video where the coyote jumps in total excitement seeing the badger coming and then they do to go off so I believe that we're all capable of different friendships and yeah they are they are uh, you know uh, in in chapter three uh, where she meets her destiny, right? Uh, She almost gets eaten by the red shoulder hawk. And all what saves her is the chicken wire. And fate, the red shoulder hawk says, make no mistakes. I will be your destiny. And I will get you and your whole pack. And I wrote this because I wanted my granddaughter to know how powerful words can be. Because just in the next chapter, she meets Wolfie to save her life. And I said to Cameron, you know, when you are in a fight and you throw out your big words, you know, I hate you. Or, you know, uh, I am no longer your friend. You don't know. Maybe next day you just need this friend to stand up for you. And so that's why it's in there. And in the next one, of course, fate gets tangled in the soccer goal net. And the only one who free can chew through it is the rat. And also the rat needs to think, hmm, can I trust this one? Because he just told me last uh, yesterday he will eat me. And uh, hmm, should I chew him free? And could this be a friend, the beginning of a friendship? And uh, I wanted to give it a chance. And... Uh, they're developing a, a very uh, cool friendship 
And uh, like in real life, and just like it happened to me too, when uh, I met my husband uh, 25 years ago, we were both single parents and we had both each two small kids. And uh, his family was not so excited about him bringing a foreigner in with two kids and, you know, like, can't you just found a good American girl, you know? I mean, does it have to be someone from overseas? And, and you know, so you think, you think they should be all happy to meet you, <laughs> but it's, it's not always the, the deal. And so, you know, uh, in my books, I have researched the animal characters and their behavior truthfully, factual, uh, even the story is a fiction. Um, so I, I read like rats can live two to three years, a rat shoulder hog 20 to 25 in, in, in the wild. And uh, so Fate's family, the red shoulder hog, they're very territorial and they have to fight ravens. They have to try uh, crows, other hogs um, for territory, for food resources. Um, not just human have to fight for that. They have to do that too. So they have maybe a two, three mile radius where they have to make sure that is that's their home. And um, so when uh, fate comes with the proposal, hey, let's not eat any of them because Wolfie saved my life. Uh, they compromise and says, okay, we can, we can agree that we won't eat the one that saved you because we couldn't save you with our peaks. But the deal goes not for her family, for the rest of it. And, you know, so then they, they talk with each other and the, the fate says, I promised I will not eat you, so I will leave that I will never make, you know, that I keep you safe. And she says, I, I, I come with you, you know? And uh, I think that is a commitment and it's an adventure uh, to go with uh, someone you have just met and uh, the interaction have forced them to make a decision and now they're going to go together on an adventure and uh, uh, during uh, they say it right the animal that lives during uh, is a nocturnal and the the one during the day is a i wrote it down i looked it up is it what's it called uh, nocturnal and well, the nighttime is definitely nocturnal. I don't know yes, what they're referring to. Yes, the other one. I'm looking for the one during the day. But anyway, you know, the, the, the hog is during the day and the rat mainly night. So they, 
they adopt that they can be together during the day. And the second book, Away From Home, is definitely their journey, their encounter and uh, adventure with lots of wild animals. And again, very factual, uh, the thing they learn about the wildlife animals and just an adventure and fictional, the story. That's so cool. <laughs> it really is. And I, and I got to get you to, to, to talk about this real quick. Cause you, uh, um, we, we've mentioned the pretty much the main character's name is Wolfie and you tell a little story about where, why Wolfie and, uh, yes. so, and, uh, to be honest, Wolfie was, uh, Cameron's stuffed favorite animal and still is. I always have to make voices, you know, and she goes out and wants another stuffed animal just to really piss him off because he's he has this whole bed for himself and now he has to share with all those different uh, animals coming. Nice. So I knew I needed to have a wolfie uh, for, for the book. And so I made her the only girl of seven brothers and she had to wolf down the food and that's where she came uh became the name wolfie and so i had wolfie as the main girl character because all all hero characters of my granddaughters are girls <laughs> nice nice i love that story how it <laughs> when i just had to i just had to chuckle when when uh, I read that part about the name, because it's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> nice. And, and uh, if I have time, I would like to tell you about the rain dance party. Sure, please. It's the last chapter of the book. And it actually, uh, we encountered that in October, late, late October. And as you know, Cal California never rains in California, right? It, very few. So I'm half an hour away from the car with my dog, with a friend, with the dog, and with my little granddaughter. She was about three and a half, but she was used to walk a lot because of our hikes. And so we're away from the car and it starts pouring, not just misting, pouring down. And we were soaking wet in no time. And she was like, oh my God, Nana, I'm gonna be so sick. I had a raindrop going in my eye and she was close to just fall apart and cry, right? And I said, no, Cameron, this is the most important day of all the animals. They will celebrate the rain dance party. They all come together. They have a treason that they won't harm each other. They all come together to celebrate life because water means not just for us, but for them too, life. And they will all come from underground, from on the ground and above together for that event. And she was just, she, she forgot the raindrops and that we were soaking wet. It was running down our neck and all. <laughs> and there comes this coyote jumping up on the trail where we were looking at us. We, we must have been a really fun, fun sight for that coyote because we were just dripping. And uh, he took off. And I was saying, ah, I wonder where this coyote goes. And she says, Nana, he's going to the rain dance party. And ever since that uh, 
time when it rains, she always says, I wonder where the rain dance party gonna be. That's awesome. So that, that is a true event that happened to us, you know. And That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. That's so cool. And it's, it's neat because uh, um, y- your books read very easy. They're, um, you know, it's easy to follow. And, and a lot of times when, uh, you know, um, adults have little messages and, or questions that, that talk about messages, sometimes adults make it too thick with language. And instead, it's not. That's, it's, just, uh, it's just part of the book. And I, so kudos to you. I could easily see why it won, um, it's won awards. I, I mean, and one of the things that uh, I got to ask you is that, you know, your story definitely, and just like you're just talking about, if the animals in your backyard and watching the dynamics of what's happening <laughs> back there, I mean, obviously, this is, I mean, you have your own imagination, and you know, I've heard you say or comment that uh, it, it's important to stimulate a child's imagination. Why do you, th- why do you think that, that that's the case? Well, I, I still think it's important that we keep part of our imagination. Uh, it's, it's so much fun. When I write, I'm totally in the stories. I'm flying with them along the coast and I'm seeing things and then I think, oh, that would be a cool animal. And I go and research about it. And then I use the fun facts to use it in the ongoing story. Um, But I think imagination, we, we lose so much from being taught. Uh, how to look at so, some things uh, in a specific way. We've been taught, no, this is the only way to look at it, and end of story. And then years later down the road, we went, we, we just discovered, ah, oh, we were wrong all along. <laughs> we shouldn't do it that way. And it has to do with also how to raise a child, right? Uh, like in my parents' life, Spanking a child was totally normal. And not I haven't been I haven't been spanked by my parents, but I'm saying that the time frame in that time was normal if they didn't obey a spanking, give him a good spanking, and then it's gonna be okay. And then we learned how's about talking with your child, uh, making it uh, get it to a point where it sees where the benefit is if I listen. Uh, without spanking and so we learned so many things and uh, what I really love about kids is that they can look at some things so fresh untinted and and without all this headache of knowledge we're carrying around they can look at some things and says I would do I, I think this is the way and I'm like, wow, yeah, I have, I have forgotten to think that way. And that's the other fun thing about questions. You get many times an answer you are not expecting because there are so freely thinking, fresh thinking, and don't have that weight on it like we do. And uh, that's the question too. That's why I keep putting questions in because I love the answers. Like in the second book, I bring out the 
the superpowers, and especially in the third one, actually, is where they tell, where animals are telling their superpowers. And, you know, you, uh, we all think we need those fake marble figures we create, like Spider-Man and Batman and all that. But just for example, if you have a dog as a pet, you have a superhero in your house and you don't realize it. He smells a hundred thousand times better than you. He can detect cancer, seizures. He um, uh, founds people under avalanches, saves them, uh, lets you know when a stranger approaches, defends you. I mean, can you ask for a better superhero living in your house? Or we have uh, in California a, a little newt. He is a relative of a salamander. He can regrow in 40, 50 days organs, legs, tails. He can distract a phone when there is a fire so he doesn't get burned. Talking about a superhero. And, you know, cats, you can go to any animal. They have so much power and abilities we forget we're surrounded by real superheroes and then when i do a reading i ask the kids what do you think your superpower is right and steve i have to tell you i have to many times not to laugh loud out because i don't want to crush it I'm just amazed how, what they believe, you know. Some are saying, it's math. I am so much better at math than my parents. And then it's running. Oh, I can jump, you know. And, and it's beautiful to hear what they truly believe is their superpower. And don't take it away. Don't take it away. Don't crush it. Don't laugh at it. Because... It's so important uh, that you believe uh, in your power because so many will become true. Believe in it. You know, you're maybe the next uh, Newton and Einstein. Who knows? Right, right. <laughs> That's so cool because it, you are so right. I mean, you just, who knows? And it's simply saying the wrong thing that you probably regret later <laughs> can just crush. Yes, yes. You know, or or, don't, or when when they say, "I want to do this," even even if we know, okay, this is probably a ninety nine percent failure. <laughs> Let them run toward that wall, and I think personally, I learned the most in my life from failures, not from success. And failures made me strong to get back up and try again. Try it just different, but don't give up. And I do think kids need to have that message too, that failure is not a, a failure. It just shows you, you got to try harder and again, and maybe different. Look for different ways to get it. But don't give up. And I think a little bit with with helicoptering and bulldozering uh, your kids, you take away from them running toward the wall 
uh, and take away the chances to get back up. We can't always prevent failure or hardship in a kid uh, because it's part of life. And if they don't, if they don't get little portions growing up, they will be devastated if they are not getting a job, if they fail at school, and if they don't know that they can try again. In college, uh, to, to make wrong decisions, um, to fail in it, and go back, try it. It's okay. We all have our little scars, aren't we? Uh, and uh, it's important to get that as a little child growing up that, hey, it's going to be okay, but I'm so proud because you tried. How's about that? You know, uh, good good messages for us, parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles. Oh, very, you know? very much so. There's powerful messages that, uh, unfortunately, a lot of popular media doesn't, emphasize and uh so it's neat that you do it really is <laughs> i like that it's you know so who are you writing for who, who's the target audience of your of your books well i think uh, anybody who has the patience to sit to listen to a story uh who can be read to or who can read um i had many friends actually adults where i gave the book and said hey i really want your honest opinions right and they said, I really liked it. There were good messages for us adults. So <laughs> I'm on that boat <laughs> with them. Should, you should say it's about from four to hundred. But <laughs> nice, nice. But the, uh, what they think it's six to nine. Uh, I've been told. Uh, so this is probably, but I had five year olds who were uh, running with the book and had so much fun and dialogues with, with, with their parents. And like I said, the dialogues many times go beyond the book uh, because suddenly uh, I had a, a grandmother telling me she was reading this to a nine, a seven and a five-year-old. And she, uh, the seven-year-old suddenly said, well, it happened to me. I'm kind of being bullied. And that kid never said anything to his parents, uh, siblings, but it felt uh, protected enough or, or in a good environment to say, this happens to me too, just what happened to um, the main character being bullied. And uh, I think... It, it takes a certain serious, uh, it's not so serious when, than when you ask your kid, how is school? Is someone mean to you? They're kind of maybe not willing to answer this, but when it's in a story and it happens to someone else, they don't feel like it's not me. So it happens to someone else's too. So I can say, yeah, it happens to me too. Um, Psychologically, I think it's easier uh, if 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 they see someone else failing, they can admit, "Oh, it happened to me." Then they don't come and say, "Hey, I just failed," you know, on doing this. So conversations and questions and this this kind of behavior 
helps kids to loosen and, and, and loosen up and be honest. That's so just, it's just so powerful because it does. It, I think it, I totally agree with you. I think it helps them understand how to be honest, how to, how to, how to even just create relationships. You know, you have the conversations about, I, I'm going to go back to the tale with the hawk because in reality, the hawk can be just other people. <laughs> and at some, yes. you, some point you have to decide whether their transgressions are worth you reaching out to them for whatever help they need to see if you're going to survive it or not. <laughs> That's true, and, right? Yeah. They can all be, uh, you know, I see so many times in wildlife, uh, I, I see them, you know, going for the same things. I see a, a raven couple we have uh, in, in the backyard, how they can love on each other. They're actually committed for a lifetime. And um, it's, it's just beautiful to see them, how they groom each other, how they sit together, kind of leaning against each other. And I think it's so humane. It's so human-like. Uh, uh, the same with, with other wildlife, uh, how, how voracious a bear can be protecting her cub. You know, or or coyotes on the trail I am, they had to close it for a while because uh, the coyotes had to protect their young ones and they were very uh, uh, crafty. They had two male uh, coyotes up the hill, but the den was actually down the hill with the females. So they were distracting the loose dogs away from the den and uh, tired the dogs out and lured them away. And I, I, I think, wow. I mean, aren't we all parents who want the best for our child and want to protect it? Why do we think they don't have the right to do this? Crazy. And then why do we think, oh, this is a mean animal, we need to kill it. But if you think, okay, it's the spring, it's probably aggressive because it has pops or young ones. So we're really not that different. And DNA actually proves it. That's neat. <laughs> that's neat. Cause that's, you're right. I mean, there's so many different behaviors that it just, it just uh, is very telling. You know, I told you that story earlier about the deer that come and yes. hit my troughs. Well, what's funny is that the, uh, the older, you know, the doe will come up there and, keep watching around and then eventually come up and check out what's in there. And then once she starts to eat, then suddenly the fawn will show up and there's, there's two or three of them from this, from this brood and they'll, there's, they're hiding out there someplace and they're waiting on her to basically say it's okay. And, yeah. uh, and then she comes out and you know, it's uh it's, 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 that's an interesting thing. I mean, cause you can definitely attach that to how we, we take care of our own. So good stuff. I, yeah. In the third book, I have a story about the deer and the fawn. Nice. And when I was researching it, you know, I was always wondering, uh, why do they leave their fawn alone uh, and, and go uh, foraging quite away? It's because the fawn has no order. It can be detected by a dog or a coyote. They can't smell it. 
It wow. has yet not a smell. It's odorless. That's why it's safe. That's cool. But the most danger are actually we, cars and humans who, you know, uh, farmers who attend the fields. Right. Um, but it's, it's actually, I was amazed. I did not know that. So it's, it's always, I love that about researching. Uh, and yeah, uh, deer are incredible, um, great mothers. I see them walking through our streets with sometimes two, three does with their young ones. You know, you have, you come around the corner and there are 10 deers in the street. <laughs> and it's like, hello, ladies. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. It's fun. Um, it's, that's cool. Those behaviors. I guess I can uh, can see that you've, you've put some of those things in your neck in that book. So, so do you have more? Um, you have three books right now. You have more coming, or the third book I just finished, and I'm going to submit this today. Awesome! It's uh, it's called Wolfie's Adventure: Lost and Found. It's the sequence continuing, and I, uh, like I said, I have a, a very personal. Uh, Thing at the end, because like I said, you know, uh, a rat has a much shorter lifespan than a hog. And I wanted to bring it that kids understand, you know, they have family members dying too. And nanas and uh, uncles uh, who who die. So uh, with, with traveling, it becomes uh, down the road harder and harder for Wolfie to be always on a different place for the night and fate decides to bring her back home where she might have a borrow and her safe surrounding and um, in you know when i left switzerland 25 years ago my parents have never hold me back have never made me feel guilty for leaving and like I said, I had a really close relationship with my parents. And when my mom was dying of cancer, I went with my husband to Switzerland and we brought her home from the hospital. And we had set her up all with all the help my, my dad could have for her remaining days to live. Uh, and um, she heard me talking with with. Joe, uh, because he said, we've already been three weeks there to set everything up. And I said to my husband, I'm going to stay uh, with dad and, and help him. And uh, he had to go back to work. That was all before pandemic 20, you know, a long time ago, where you didn't have Zoom and all that, that you could work from there. And my mom called me to the bed, the, the two of us, and she said, I don't want you to stay here and wait for me to die. I want you to go out and live life, make memories, enjoy a glass of wine when it still tastes good. Because there will be the day where you just live off the memories you're making now. And, and, uh, you know, it was the hardest thing I have ever had to do was to walk out <laughs> and I'm going to choke up. But this really was the hardest because I knew next time I will come. Uh, she will never be there. I, I, I still hear her voice 
And so I wanted this in the book. I wanted the kids to know and there are endings and beginnings. And uh, so she won't die in the book, but we will all know that this will her be her last last days to come. And she has her brother, her favorite brother left there. Uh, he's blind, so they're gonna share their achievement, their adventures. She's gonna tell them all about what she had encountered. And Faith is gonna take off with her brother's youngest son, Wolfie Jr., for a new adventure. And she will exactly tell him that I don't want you to wait here for me to die. I have my brother here and we take care of each other and you go and live life. It's a little bit what our parents tell us too, right? And she tells uh, Faith, I didn't free your wings that you would hobble around me. I want you to fly. Go make memories for the two of us. And so this is really the ending of the third sequence of Wolfie's Adventure. And I think a lot of kids will, will get this about life. This is life. This is, um, yeah, this is endings and beginnings for all of us. That's so awesome because that is, I mean, you've, you're using your characters to talk about things that uh, a lot of times the adults in a kid's life won't bring up, even though they're surrounded by whatever's going on, death or uh, um, some sort of troubles or whatever. And, and uh, you're bringing them up, especially because you ask the question in a way in which, you know, it's, it's meant to be asked and uh, there comes an answer. And some of it's like, uh, like you mentioned a chipmunk, and there's a question that says, do you know, have you ever seen a chipmunk? And, and, but then you have in the, you know, a, a difficult type of question, not one that's, that's based on, uh, on something like that. And you say something like, uh, um, have you ever, have you and your family ever moved away? And I, and I think it's cool because you, you have an assortment of questions that go from, um, the stuff you're talking about if, cause they may not be familiar with it. Uh, I mean, cause unless you know what a chipmunk is, uh, you know, they're, they're cute little critters that destroy your yard, you know. <laughs> and, and they're also farmers. They put seeds in, they don't eat, and, and trees are growing. Yes, they drive you nuts. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then, you know, and they also, you know, if you're not careful, and it's funny because we have a, it's funny, I can identify with your characters for different reasons. So like your red-tailed hog, you have fate, and in our in our case, we have we have a version of fate and we have an owl, whatever the owl would be called. Yes, and me too. when they show up in the yard, the chipmunks go away because <laughs> of one of two ways, yes. they either go underground or, or you see them yes. as a snack for somebody. And yes. And uh, it's, it's just interesting to watch. Uh, but it, where I was going with that is that when you, the different types of questions that you ask that they go from the not knowing something that you're talking about. So you create a reference to it or actually dealing with something that's, that has emotional uh, uh, suitcases, uh, attachments to it that uh, they may have had to deal with. Like the idea of leaving the friends cause you'd go off um, you've moved away and you have to create a new place for yourself. 
Yeah, and even if you're not the one moving, you may have someone coming to the school who moved just here, yeah. and you understand, wow, that's got to be hard for him uh, to start all over. Uh, why can't I be a friend? I'm going to try to be a friend. And, Perfect. Um, you know, we are always, uh, also when it comes to school, we're always worried when we say, are you ready for school? We're thinking about a new backpack, pencils, school material, but very few times we really prepare the kids emotionally to be ready for school, especially nowadays with social media and everything that right. goes already on, on smaller kids. It just doesn't just, you know, many times there's, they have older siblings and they have to deal with things they hear. They really don't understand. They're too shy to ask and very important to be addressed. Um, so, you know, like bringing, uh, I can just imagine, uh, being a parent and, and bring those days, uh, kids to school where you, you, in the past, you thought this was one of the safest places for kids to be, to learn, to have fun, to grow up. And now you got to worry about someone intruding the school and shooting your kid. Right. Right. And, and, and I mean, I, I can't wrap my head around what that means for parents and, 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 and the pain and the worry. I think it's important to, that the kid understand it most likely will never happen in my, my school, but it could. could. Yeah. And this is, this is, this is the, it could. I can't honestly tell you it will never happen to you. And, and I think uh, honesty and talk with it, what, what would worry you the most? And I'm saying that because my granddaughter has never mentioned lock, lockdown uh, at school. And when this happened in, in Uvalde, uh, uh, I ask, uh, I ask her, Cameron, uh, did you guys ever had uh, a lockdown training at school? And she said, what is that? And, uh, and then I said, well, that is when a, a bad guy, uh, when you guys do have to pretend the bad guy is coming, uh, a bad person is coming to the school. And she says, oh yeah, we had this. And I was like, wow, she never said this. And I said, so what, what do you need to do? And uh, she said, we all have to hide that when the door opens, we can't be seen. And Stephen, I, I started crying. I just, I, the way she said that, and she looked down on her feet, like she was on a loss. She didn't really understand, but she knew that some things happened to other kids, but didn't know the full full thing and what they were doing at school because they're too young to really understand the whole thing. But then we talked and I said, Oh my God, Cameron, I am so sorry that this happened to you, that you have to do this, but I'm glad you're doing it because it probably will never happen, but I'm glad that you know what you have to do if it does. And, and, I'm wondering how many parents have never talked with their kid and 
don't know that they had this. Right. It's it's dialogues is is the key. Right. Very be much honest. So. Be honest. Don't laugh over their worries or or their beliefs. Take them serious. They're amazing. <laughs> I love kids. They're amazing. They are our future. Right. Very much so. Very much so. Very cool. Um, hey, uh, uh, Gisela, we're getting close to wrapping up here, and I, I want to ask you, if someone wanted to find out more, where, where can they connect with you? Where would you send them? Uh, I have a website, uh, wolfiesadventure.com, and uh, they, could write, they could look me up with the name Gisela Bankford, and then on Amazon, uh, Kindle, Google, uh, Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, uh, you can you can find the books Wolfie's Adventures, uh, an unlikely friendship, and away from home. And I hope it reaches your home and uh, sparks some fun dialogues and uh, uh, that they can take some things away from it. Very cool, and and um, and they definitely will. I mean, if all they got to do is get. Uh, start reading and they'll see exactly what you've been talking about. And just, uh, um, I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes as well. So that, you know, especially for someone who's listening on a mobile, on a phone or something like this, all they got to do is go in there to show notes and click and it'll take them right to your books. So good stuff. I'll have those links I there. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I got one last question I want to ask you and it goes like this. Um, do, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? I had a couple of them and I had the chance to both telling him, thank you. Thank you for being there for me, for uplifting, for, uh, for putting wind under my wings. And, uh, I think all the teachers need to have this. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to put up with, all the kids uh, fears and dreams and and make them go on and make school special for them yes thank you to all the teachers that's awesome uh, Giselle, th thank you so much for talking with me i thoroughly enjoyed this i thoroughly enjoyed your books i thoroughly enjoyed your characters and i love these stories and i love how you've put some of your own life and your the, the family life in inside your your book and the the activities that happen um great lessons great stories great read wishing the best in all you do Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was such a pleasure talking to you and uh, connect uh, across uh, the U.S. Uh, have a wonderful day and happy feathers and furs. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and host. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. 
Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.